Our first lesson comes from Psalm 139. The psalmist marvels at the persistent love of God. No matter what our circumstances, the Lord seeks us and finds us and embraces us with love. Listen to God's word as it comes to us from Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, and even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson comes to us from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the third chapter, beginning with the 14th verse. Listen again for God's word. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, as you are rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, to him who, by the power at work within us, is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we could ask or imagine, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we thank you for this sacred moment, this reminder of your love for us. And we ask that your spirit would bless us, that we would feel your presence with us this day and know your love for us forevermore. 
and may all God's people say, Amen. Most of the time we do our best to love. To love the Lord our God, to love our neighbors as ourselves, to love even our enemy as Christ does command us. We summon the patience we need for an annoying coworker. We contain our aggravation with our children when they yet again forget that their assignment is due or they need a ride somewhere. We strive to show compassion to our spouse when they mansplain or whine. We do our best to recognize sometimes how lovable we, unlovable we are when we hypothetically might be the one who whines or snaps. <laughs> John, <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> and we try as well to love the neighbors we do not even know the unhoused person camped beneath the overpass, the stranger in Ukraine who's terrified right now of war, the nameless crowds who hunger for bread or for love. But sometimes, sometimes the reality is that we're just going through the motions. Sometimes life has crushed us so. Our hearts are hardened. Our hopes are dashed. And we think of love as a nice idea that some people still enjoy. Love is something that we knew once upon a time, but will not know again. Barry and Linda know this all too well. Let me share with you their story. Barry's begins this way. He says, I was born in a small rural town in the county of Devon in England in 1949, the oldest of six children and of course, got blamed for everything. <laughs> Growing up, Barry was an avid athlete. Of his many sports, he excelled at kayaking, and I didn't even know this, he made the British Olympic squad. And it was during a kayak time in 1970 that Barry met his first wife, Leslie. They married and moved to the US, eventually settling in Lake Forest, Illinois and was part of my church there, their family, and it was there that they're in Lake Forest that their sweet daughter, Kate, was born. Fast forward to 2016. That year, Barry lost his wife of 40 years to a long terminal illness. And crushingly, that same year, he lost his only daughter to an accident. She was just 26 years old. I had the sacred privilege of walking 
alongside Barry in that time, that profoundly painful time. And Linda? She opens her story saying, I was born two months early. I guess my mother wanted me out early so she could go back to work. <laughs> I weighed three pounds, nine ounces and had no issues or defects. They said I was so small I could fit in a shoebox. I stayed in the hospital 29 days while my mother went home and rested and I was crowned the queen of the nursery. <laughs> Linda met her first love, James, when she was just 15. They married six years later when she finished college. He was her world. She says, he and his family, they were rich not in monetary goods, but rich in love. They taught me what love meant and how to love. And and tragically. Just after their wedding, James was diagnosed with cancer and in seven months he died. She too was crushed. But she carried on completing her PhD while she was working full time and then went on to coach executives. Linda was widowed for 25 years when she met her second husband, Paul, she says she'd had her fill of dating and meeting skittish guys. <laughs> Paul was different, a fiery character, always making jokes, she says, and he actually proposed on their first date. <laughs> and just two years after their wedding, he too was struck with cancer. And after three years of suffering, he passed. Now, obviously, we wouldn't be here today if the story ended there. Fast forward to 2018, when they happened to meet on St. Patrick's Day. It was the DePaul basketball final. Linda's TV was broken, so she went to a local restaurant to watch the game. There were only three people at the bar, a couple to Linda's left and Barry to her right. She says, as he was sitting alone, I figured he'd had a fight with his wife, as all the men in Lake Forest at my age are married, so I sat there. <laughs> Finally, toward the end of her glass of wine, she mentioned something to Barry and they started chatting. Barry says, when I mentioned that I was a widower, she smiled and said, I'm a widow too. <laughs> they talked for hours and had so much in common, both, both of them losing spouses to illness, both being entrepreneurs, both belonging to the same church with the same pastor. <laughs> and over time, as they came to know each other, they became more and more amazed. Linda says, he is kind, intelligent, talented, he can fix anything, and lots of fun, and we shouldn't say this in church, should we? Sexy. <laughs> 
He says, I was so attracted to her beauty, her wonderful, fun-loving personality, and her intelligence that a ring was needed on her finger ASAP. <laughs> a year later, Barry proposed with a glass heart inscribed, one year ago today, an angel came into my life. Will you marry me? And so it is that they are here today to tie the knot with the hope that this story is a blessing to you all. Please know they don't pretend that this particular miracle of finding love late in life is something that everyone will receive or that those who are widowed will inevitably be married again. It's not that. The miracle they hope that everyone will know is this, that everyone might experience is this, that you know the impossible, persistent power of the love of God for you. That you know no matter how far into grief or despair you have fallen, that there is nowhere to hide from God's love. As the psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning, and settle in the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. There is nowhere we can hide from God's love. And they want you to know that no matter how unmoored and off course you may feel that God's love will find you and pull you back to life. As Paul writes, for Christ will dwell in your hearts, rooting you and grounding you in love. And they want you to know this, that no matter how exhausted you may feel, no matter how empty of energy, no matter how devoid of hope, that God's love God's love is so powerful, so present, that you will be filled again. That you, as scripture says, will have the power to know with all the saints the breadth and length and height and depth, the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, 
that you may be filled, filled with all the fullness of God. Barry and Linda's story is unique. And God's story is not. And as I've come to know you, I know some of your stories of loss, of anger, of frustration, of exhaustion. And what I hope for you is that you have hope again. that you may find that God's love is real and near to you. And whether or not you find it in a bar somewhere, <laughs> you will find love. Maybe here at the church in a friend who knows you and loves you anyway. Maybe in your office where someone supports you because they know that you need their lead. Maybe a stranger who shows kindness in some remarkable way. Beloved in Christ, I have every confidence in this. God's love cannot be contained. And may this day be a testament of that for us all. Amen. <laughs>